be here. Um, I did bring my horse. It's got the broomstick on it, and I got a little plunger on my arrow. I'm ready to go. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we've been horseback riding, brother, and I've done been there, done that. I'm done. Uh, I'm a Weber, not a Mongolian. <laughs> no, um, God's been good to us. We are the Weber family. Uh, let me introduce my family to you. Sabatskano, mini nerchuk, mini nertemi. Uh, with us. I don't remember how to say that. Uh, Victoria Arandolon Naste, uh, Hoyer Hun, Hoyer Hu, uh, Charlie Arandoron, Duron Naste, Clay, uh, Neman Naste. Uh, I said, thank you. Uh, first, I said hello, and I said, my name is Chuck. This is Tammy. We have two children studying college here in the States. We have three children with us. Victoria is 17, Charlie is 14, and Clay is eight years old. And God's called us to the country of Mongolia. In 2017, we went to Mongolia after we had... Well, let me back up. Y'all haven't met us before. So I grew up in pastor's home in Albany, Georgia, and... uh Got saved at the age of seven, uh, just like this. Grew up in church. That's all I knew. Um, don't tell my dad, but I even rode the bicycle in the back hallway of the church when he didn't know about it. Um, no, I'm kidding. He found out because I didn't realize the tracks would be down. <laughs> and he said, hmm. I said, it must have been the neighbor kids. He didn't believe that. So, um, no, I grew up in church. Um, unfortunately, as I grew into a teenager, I never wanted to go against God, but I'd become very apathetic in my life and just, you know, I wanted to go and go get business and, you know, make money. I didn't want to go against God, but I wasn't living for God, which is a big difference. Well, but God did get a hold of my heart at my age of 18. Uh, our life changed. God resigned, or God, dad resigned the church that he was pastoring. He pastored for over 20 years in Albany, Georgia. Uh, then he then took a pastorate up in Warner Robins, Georgia. But during that transition time, God helped me to realize God is real and I needed Him in my life. And I surrendered and told the Lord, whatever you wanted me to do, uh, God really got a hold of my heart. I began to read my Bible and pray like I never had before. And through that, through circumstances, God then in a preaching service uh, called me into ministry. So at 18 years of age, or actually I was probably about 19 then, scared to death because I didn't want to be a preacher. I wasn't sure about all that, but God said He'd take care of me. Matter of fact, in Philippians 1.6, He said, being confident of this very thing, that He which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about getting the job done. All I have to do is worry about the Lord Jesus Christ allowing Him to work in me, change me, make me what I need to be, then He can work through me and perform the task which He's called us to do, which right now is in Mongolia. And uh, that little bit of Mongolian I gave you has taken me three years to learn. Why y'all laughing? I was proud of that preacher. No, Mongolian is a very difficult language. It is based off of the Cyrillic. Or the Russian alphabet. It's not got anything to do with Chinese. A lot of folks think that. 
Uh, it has been difficult for us. We are learning it. We can communicate. But I couldn't preach. I couldn't uh, do anything like that yet in the Mongolian language. Share that a little bit more. My wife grew up uh, in the South and uh, we met in Bible college. She got saved at a young age. Uh, rode the bus to church and God used that ministry. Uh, she eventually went from being the bus rider on the, uh, the child on the bus, the bus rider to the bus worker. Uh, her pastor sent her to college, said, hey, why don't you go to college? She said, okay. I'm glad he did because we met and got married. Began working at our home church, Baldwin Grace Baptist Church, just outside of Jacksonville, Florida. We served there for about 17 years. The last eight or nine was uh, full-time ministry. We had met a missionary going to Mongolia. And uh, me and my wife, as we had heard the presentation and the Word of God preached, thought to ourselves, if we were ever called to go to missions, we'd love to go somewhere where there's a great need like Mongolia. Now, I want you to understand there's great needs all over the world. There could be 20 missionaries in one place, and that's probably not enough. But that's what God placed on our heart. Four years later during our missions conference, God made it very clear to me, to my wife, and in a unique way to my pastor, that we were called to go to Mongolia. That morning, uh, the pastor, the guest speaker, preached on, it's your turn up to back. And uh, the Lord confirmed it in our heart. Me and my wife went down that morning and prayed and uh, went home. I called the pastor. I said, Preacher, I need to see you for church tonight. And he said, Okay. Well, he was sitting on the front pew when we come in. And I sat down beside him before I could say anything. He put his arms around me and said, God's called you to missions, hasn't he? I said, Yes, sir. And, uh, of course, we were excited and fearful and all the things that go along with that. God did a great thing. We went from... Uh, was it February we surrendered? February, March. February we surrendered. March we went on a mission trip quickly to Mongolia. And then the following June we were at our BIMI missions training and started deputation in August. So God allowed us to take care of that. In 2017 we were able to get to the field of Mongolia. And when we arrived there we began working with some missionaries that had been there on the field seven years. Uh, Brother Jason, Miss Mary Ritchie, and God put our hearts together. And so we began serving. They had got a small church started. The name of the church is Hanul Baptist Church. Han is king. Um, Ul is mountain. By the way, it's not Genghis Han, Khan. It's Chinggis Han. That's the way they say it in Mongolia, but that's, you can say it however you want to here. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> so Genghis Khan, they said, who? It's Chinggis Han, and Han is king. But anyway, that's here or there. They do revere that man. They have statues up, and unfortunately, uh, he was not a good moral man. But in their country, they do revere him. Um, so we arrived in Mongolia. God began working, began studying the language. And within the first couple months, uh, I, we began to help out a little bit in the church. Um, we have an English service and a Mongolian service. So I began leading the singing in the English service um, because I could sing in English. Um, I sat and listened in Mongolian service because I could listen in Mongolian. And uh, so the uh, Lord used that. Then we began, started uh, um, with our teenagers. We do a monthly like youth meeting and preach to them, do some activities and things like that. And so we began ministering in that area. Then about a year, year and a half later, 
God brought another missionary family to Mongolia, the Bradley Cubic family. So the three of us, God has put us together and we're working together. And in the time since then, God has done some great things. Me and Brother Jason began working and where the church is growing, people are growing, and we began to see the need to train leadership. Um, and we looked around and there is another um, Christian college that's been started there, but there we had no confidence that we could send our people there to be trained. So out of necessity, we started Faith Baptist Bible College. Uh, this semester, we are finishing up our third year of Faith Baptist Bible College there in Mongolia. So about this time next year, we'll be graduating our first class and pray for us. That's an exciting thing and really looking forward. There's a great need to train these Mongolians. Most Mongolians, if they're an adult, are a first-generation Christian. All the adults in our church are first-generation Christians. The children there, of course, their parents are first-generation, and now many of them are becoming second-generation. So uh, many of us have a privilege of having parents, grandparents, even great-grandparents, and what a great blessing for that Christian heritage. They don't have that there, but praise the Lord, we're building that. And so the Bible College has become instrumental in helping to train uh, leaders, helping our goal with the Bible College is to be able to train some young men, old men, doesn't matter, and be able to take that, them go out to another province, another area, find a group of or gather a group of believers and start a church. And after that church is able to handle it, we step back and that young man, that family that we took out there, they are the pastor and they can continue on. Um, the Lord's blessed in a mighty way in that. Right now we have a, a lady in our church was witnessing over the telephone to an aunt that had cancer about six hours away in a province called Overhungai. And through that conversation, the aunt accepted Christ. So we sent a group of people from our church, Bible college, out to that province. They spent, uh, was it three or four days out there and they were able to lead I think it was five or six more to the Lord. What a blessing. And so there's a group of believers out there, but they need a church. They need a pastor. We don't have that yet. Now, fortunately, unfortunately, because of this COVID thing, they've locked down a lot of Mongolia. And so once they started doing that back last year, we quickly got on and started Zoom meetings. And even now, right now, uh, they are in a complete lockdown in the capital city, and that which means you can go to the store and you can go to uh, the hospital or pharmacy if you need to. That's it. And so church and all that's out. But the good blessing about that is that church out and that those believers out in Overhungai are able to watch our services and have been for about a year uh, watching our services and at least getting something. Now, that's not the goal. We're not trying to do a church here and everybody watches. We want to plant individual, indigenous, self-propagating, able to handle themselves. That's the goal. So the Bible college is one of the ways that God's given us and we've been working on that. Now, as we begin in our Bible college, this is great. We're going to teach this, this, and this. All right, we have, we don't have very many materials. There's not a lot of good Christian materials in the Mongolian language. Anybody seen one in the Christian bookstore? No. Um, 
and, and what little bit we do have has been done by some of the evangelicals or uh, the Pentecostals. So, what do we do? Well, we've got to have stuff to help them. So the Lord helped us in starting a publishing type ministry. And what that is, is we are gathering materials uh, that we've been teaching in our Bible college, also other books and things like that. We're translating them and printing them. So God, because of necessity, listen, I, I didn't decide, hey, I'm going to go start 15 ministries. No. I, I just, all I knew is God said go, so I went. But God has done this. Brother Bradley covers and takes care of most of that. And so we've started the Bible college. We've started this publishing ministry. And then this last summer, uh, we did a, we rented a piece of property and had a couple camps. We had one for the college career age group and one for our teens. And it was a very big blessing. Had a couple saved, but it really encouraged a lot of the Christian young people. And through that, God led and we were able to purchase a piece of property outside the capital city uh, to have as camp property. So we have the property. The property is paid for. Now we're looking to, to get you know all the other stuff, which is a well, uh, electricity, buildings, so on and so forth. Now what we do now, we when Brother Bradley come, we let him take the teens. Now we work with the college and career age uh, in our church. We call them the spiritual warriors. And here's an interesting note, a little bit about Mongolia. 3.5 million people in the country of Mongolia. And the capital city, which is Ulaanbaatar, which is also the coldest capital city in the world. I said capital, it's not the coldest city, but the coldest capital city in the world. I've stood at a bus stop in negative 20 degree weather. And I'm waiting for the bus. Come on, hurry up. Okay, I have been out in as, as cold as negative 40. You don't want to do that. Okay, uh, we went, the missionaries got together and we made this trip. We're going to go out, go dog sledding, um, and horseback riding. And we got up that morning and it was the coldest day. I think it, that day it was negative 40. We went and did it anyway. And afterwards we're all like, that was a dumb idea. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that again. The activity was fine. The weather was not. It was a beautiful day, but it was cold. But um, interesting about that is the fact that the capital, all the pe- all the young people, when they get through with their high school uh, school years, if they're going to continue their education, go to college somewhere, they either have to go and study abroad, somewhere outside of Mongolia, or they come to the capital city to the universities there. So. A lot of young people will come to the capital city to study uh, in the different areas that they want to study. 3.5 million people in Mongolia, half that population lives in Ulaanbaatar. So we have located there in Ulaanbaatar prayerfully that we can reach the most amount of people in that area. I am asking you please pray that God will help us to know how best to reach these young people. Um, we've been, we've got a space that we're renting and renovating. My goal is I would love to set up our space there in our church building to where we could have like a coffee shop area so that our young people who are in college can invite their friends over. Hey, come over here to our church and we got a little place we can study with and we can begin to reach some of these people. I don't know if that's the way God's going to do it. 
It's an idea. I like. I got a lot of ideas, but God's ideas are best. And so uh, that's how we're doing it now. Um, last May, uh, I was in Mongolia. We've been dealing with, and they still are. As a matter of fact, I just got a notification that they've been locked down for two weeks. I talked with our missionary partners that are still there. The country's still locked down. They can't go and do. They can't have church. And I just got a, another notification they're going to extend it for another two weeks. Um, they do have more cases. Y'all know how that goes. More testing, more taste cases, yada, yada, yada. More money coming in. I'm not going to get into all the politics, but I can tell you uh, it's happening in Mongolia. And so right now the borders are closed. We can't get back. If we could, we'd just sit in the house right now. Uh, but in May of last year, they were still having some lockdowns and things. It was a little less than it is now. But um, I, it was a Sunday night. I just did not sleep well. And I woke up the next morning and said, "Hun, let's go to the hospital. Now, when I say the hospital, I'm talking about let's go to the doctor. Let me check my medication. I just don't feel right. Something don't feel good. So we went to the hospital. Long story short, they did some blood work, did some tests, and they came back and said, you have had a heart attack. And I said, I didn't, but I think I am right now. You tell me this. I really didn't think I felt that bad. Long story short, and we could laugh all day about my experience in the hospital in Mongolia. At the time, it wasn't funny. Now it's funny. Um, but God blessed. I did have a stent put in and a heart cath done in Mongolia. Everybody's mouth go. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would not do it again. But I'm glad I did it then, because if I did not, I would not have realized the difficulty I was having, and I probably would have stayed on the field. Um, but long story short, they put in one stint. Um, I had a lot more blockages. The doctor there at the hospital said, oh, we can try. I said, no, we cannot. <laughs> I'm going back. So we had to wait over a month before we could get a flight out. We got back here, and in June, the I don't remember the day, second week of June, somewhere in there, I was back to the States and God allowed us to get back. I had a quadruple bypass surgery on my heart. Um, so everything's good. I did have a heart. Okay. It was working, you know, um, but kind of working. <laughs> it's working good now. So everything's good uh, with our health. We're still doing some doctors and things, but um, that's why we came back this summer. And God's used that in a great way because... There's some things that got taken care of that otherwise we would not have. What is my goal? My goal is to, to follow the Lord. In Acts 1, I want you to look at it real quick. i got a little bit of time. I want you to look at Acts 1. This is a very familiar missions passage. God's used it in my life many times as I've been contemplating His will and things like that. And most of us, we like to know the full plan. You know, God, okay, you want me to do this? Okay, what's what's going to happen? How's it going to happen? And when's it going to happen? And God says, hmm. look at Acts chapter 1. Look at verse um, literally 6, 7, and 8. When they therefore were come together, they asked of Him, saying, Lord, wilt Thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power 
After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You know, here the disciples are asking Jesus, when are you going to set up the kingdom? Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all can be seated. <laughs> hey, listen, I go to all kinds of churches. Some stand, some don't. I don't even think about it one way or the other. So y'all do what y'all do. Okay? And we'll be good. <laughs> now, this, this passage, and this isn't even my preaching. Y'all have to stand up again later. <laughs> the disciples asked Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom? And look at Jesus' answer in verse 7. It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father hath put in His own power. You know, there's many times I said, okay, God, you want me to go to Mongolia? When, how, where, why? I mean, I want to know everything. And God says, you don't need to know. You don't need to know everything, Chuck. Here's what He says. I said to go. Yes, sir. That's it. That's really, that's, that's the Christian life in a nutshell. God says do something, we say yes, sir. And we make that step. So God's used this verse in many ways to help me and encourage me to know I don't have to know everything. I don't know the next step. We thought, <laughs> before I came back, I, I was thinking, hun, hun, we'll go over there, we'll get the surgery, get taken care of. Six months, I'll be back in Mongolia. God said, <laughs> I had no idea what was going to happen. We thought we'd be heading to Mongolia next month in May. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Brother Chuck, what are you going to do? Whatever God says. Next step. Our plan right now, He's not giving me any other direction. It's to head to Mongolia. And that's my the best answer I can give you. So we're going to follow the Lord. Right now, the best we know, that direction is to head back to Mongolia. Once the border's open, once we're allowed to go back, I do. My visa is to teach English. So I teach English at a public school in Mongolia. And uh, some of you are laughing because, yes, I teach Southern. We do not teach. <laughs> We've had two main lessons. One is ain't and one is y'all. So they uh, got some Mongolians say, hey, y'all. Yep, that's correct. English is for my class. Amen. So um, much more could be said. I, I want to ask you to pray for a few things. One, pray for our health, pray for us to be able to follow the Lord's leading. Right now, that looks to be to go back to Mongolia. That is our goal. That is our desire. Pray that God would open up Mongolia. The people are hurting. You know, they've shut down and people can't go to work. And a lot of Mongolians, they don't necessarily have a steady job. They just do things. That's how they pay for their food. That's how they provide for their family. They're not able to go and do that. They're not getting food. They're not getting money. So pray that the Lord, that the Lord would allow the Mongolian government to open up for the Mongolian people <clears throat> to be able to do that. Pray for our language. I joke about it, but it is very difficult. Our goal is to be able to preach and teach and one-on-one -on -one share the gospel. God's given us in our church some great people that can translate and uh, can help us in those areas. Brother Jason is fluent in Mongolian, so that helps as well. But our goal is to be able to do it ourselves. And so pray with us. I'm thankful for what God has given us and allowed us, but uh, all we can always improve, and that's what our goal is. So pray for that. Uh, pray for our kids here in college and 
uh, God's direction in their lives. And uh, just we thank you for letting us be here. And uh, we'll be around. I got about 50 things swinging in my head. And we could talk about Mongolia. We could talk about traffic. And if you want to know how bad traffic is uh, in Mongolia and Ulaanbaatar, run through Atlanta about rush hour. And then multiply it by about 10. Put it this way, I enjoy Atlanta traffic. You think I'm kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a lot of things and God's been good to us. I want you to take now, we're going to really preach. Uh, Lord willing, I want to be a blessing to you. My goal is to encourage you, to strengthen you, to remind you. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you. And uh, I don't know about you, but He does that many times. I'm never, I'm always thankful. When we become unthankful for the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart, there's going to be a problem. There is a problem. And uh, so, uh, let's turn to Exodus chapter number 12. And if you would like to stand again, that's up to you. We're going to read just a few verses. I'll start in verse number 1. And I'm just going to read down uh, to verse number 5. Again, I just want to be an encouragement to you tonight. And hopefully the Lord will use it and speak to our hearts. Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year you shall take it out of the sheep or out of, or from the goats, and ye shall keep it unto the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of the of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two posts, two side posts, and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to pray because I need the Lord to help me. I need the Lord to speak through me, and I think if you'll ask the Lord to speak to your heart, He will. So let's pray together, Lord. I thank You for this day. I do thank You for this church, this pastor, these people. I pray, Lord, that You would help us now as we look into the Word of God. And Lord, that You've given us. We're thankful for it. I pray, Lord God, that You'd move me out the way. Help me to say the things that need to be said tonight. Uh, nothing more but nothing less. Lord, I pray that You'd get glory and honor from it. May each of us, Lord, listen on purpose, Lord, to what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. Lord, wants us to apply to our lives. Lord, that when we leave this place, all of us would be more like Christ. Much more like Christ than we were when we entered. And for Your glory and honor's sake, we ask. Amen. What I'd like to do tonight, thank you, you can be seated. Uh, I, I want to just kind of look at this Passover lamb and this sacrifice that was offered. Now, just as a way of reminder, the children of Israel are in Egypt. And they've gone through all these plagues and uh, God told Moses, I'm going to do one more. He said, I'm going to kill the firstborn. 
And Moses goes and he tells Pharaoh, listen, I don't know how he said it. I mean, you can read the Bible, but here's the way I see it. Listen, God's had enough. If you don't let His people go, He's going to take your firstborn. God looks at the children of Israel as His people, His child, His children. Now, we are not the children of Israel, but we are His children. And uh, God loves us. But as we look at this, God tells Moses, alright, you go tell the children of Israel that this is going to happen. And if you don't want your first child to die, your firstborn to die, you will sacrifice this lamb and put the blood on the side post and on the upper post. But they give some requirements for that lamb. Now there's a lot more in this passage that I'm not going to preach and, and even touch. So you have a lot of homework if you want to do it. Um, there's so much in this passage of Scripture that can encourage us and strengthen us as Christians. But just for a little bit tonight, I want to look at this sacrifice. Now again, how many of you are a firstborn child? All right. How many of your firstborn son? All right. I'm the firstborn son. So now here's the picture, and I want you to get this mindset. You are a children of Israel, and you've heard this news, and you are the firstborn child in there, and it is you. <laughs> All right. I want you to put that mindset in there. God's going to do what to me? Okay. Now, let's take a look at some of these requirements. Look at verse number 5. Your lamb. And I'm going to stop right there. The first requirement was it had to be a lamb or a kid. It says later on uh, a, a lamb or of the goats. But here's the thing I want you to see that the Lord showed me as I was studying about this. Now what I want to do is I want to look at this requirement. We're going to compare it and look at it, uh, how it applied to Jesus Christ. And then we're going to make some personal application on these requirements. Now I want you to look at uh, this thing. Look at verse, I want you to look at verse number three with me first. Follow along in your Bibles if you have them, please. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man, what's the next two words? A lamb. A lamb. So, they were to go out into the flock and pick out a lamb. There's a bunch of lambs, a bunch of them out there. They're going to pick out a lamb. A lamb, not 15, not 20, but a lamb. Now I want you to look with me verse number 4. And if the household be too little for, what's the next two words? The lamb. Whoa, that's changed, hasn't it? Went from being a lamb, okay, to wait a minute, this is the lamb. Now again, get that mindset of, he's going to do what to me? Daddy, make sure you get a lamb. I got a lamb. He brings it in. Oh, that's the Lamb. Now, Jesus wasn't just a Lamb. He was the Lamb. He wasn't just a sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ being the sacrifice for my sin. I'm glad He died for y'all, but you know what? Honestly, I'm really glad He died for me. 
I'm glad He died for all the Mongolians. I hope every one of them gets saved, but I'm glad He died for me. Because if it weren't for that, I'd be on the way to hell. Just like that that child there in Israel and the saying, God's going to do what to me? Listen, what in God doing it? It's our sin that was sending us to hell. And every each and every one of us needed a lamb. And we found out that He was the lamb. Oh, but that's not all. Look at verse 5. Y'all see in verse 5? What's the first two words there? Oh, He is your Lamb. That became personal. Can you imagine that kid sitting there? and, Hey, Daddy, that's the Lamb. Yep, that's the Lamb. Him to say, yeah, that's your Lamb. This Lamb's taking your place. Wow, what a picture. What a wonderful picture of what Jesus has done. Do you understand how personal salvation is? You know, I grew up in church. Uh, my, my grandparents were in church. My, my dad was a preacher. Uh, they have not confirmed nor denied whether they brought me home from the hospital on the church bus. We're not sure. They may or may not have. But you know what? That wasn't enough. I loved Jesus when I was too young to understand anything. I, I prayed to Jesus. But you know what? There came a day when I had to understand it wasn't about mom and daddy. It wasn't about anybody else. But I needed a Savior. I had sin in my life. I needed the Lord Jesus Christ. And He went from being a lamb to the lamb to being my lamb. So it had to be a lamb. I want to ask you something. What about our walk with the Lord? What about the command He gave us? Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. Yes, it is a command. Oh, but it's more than that. It is the command. We say the... But you know what? It's your command. It's my command. What does that mean? That means when the borders open up, everybody has to go to Mongolia. I'm kidding. But you ought to be doing what God's called you to do. He's got you a purpose and a plan. He's put you in this place. And He's got something for you to do. And that's not just to work a job. That's not just to be a good citizen and a good member of this church. What it means is God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And He's got a command for you. What is it? Find it out. So I don't even know. Well, Here's the man to talk to. He can help you. He may not know all of everything, but He can give you something to do to keep you busy until you figure it out. Amen. What is it? Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. What does that mean? We can go next door and say, hey, I don't know a whole lot, but I know that Jesus changed my life. And I want you to know about it. That's only the first point. It was a lamb. Look at the next part of that. Verse 5, Your lamb shall be without blemish. Now I talked about that that daddy, that patriarch going out to that field and picking up a lamb. And there were a bunch of them out there. He may have had to go through a few because it had to be specific. It had to be uh, without spot, without blemish. He'd take that lamb and he'd look it over. and I believe he felt the back, and felt the legs, and made sure everything was right. There couldn't be any blemish. There couldn't be any spot. There couldn't be 
<clears throat> anything wrong with that. I believe he looked inside his mouth, made sure his teeth were straight and all that, and his eyes weren't crossed. I believe he looked that over because it said that it had to be without blemish. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ he lived a sinful life. When God the Father looked down through through all of time, He looked through and He said there is only one that meets that requirement. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I'm thankful for that. What does that mean to us, Brother Chuck? What about your life? What about your service to the Lord? What about uh, your mission's mindset? Is it pure? None of us are perfect. You know, I thought I was wrong one time, but I was mistaken. Um, now I'm married. My wife says I can give them a list. And uh, we're not giving that list tonight. Don't ask for it. But we're not perfect. But we should be pure in our motives. We should be pure in our, uh, in our desire for serving Him. And everything that we should do, we should say, God, help me to do it to my best. Make it pure. Is our service for God flawed? Is it broken? Why do we do it? I'm going to Mongolia so people will think highly of me. People do look at Mongolia and go, wow. And I go, you want to go? I asked for Hawaii. God said no. But, you know, no, I'm joking. We love it. There are some things I don't love about Mongolia. But the fact is, why did we go? Because God said go. Because He gave His life for me. And I don't really have any right to say no. And besides that, I want Him to be pleased with me. I, I really do one day when we get to heaven, I would love to hear. I don't know if I'll hear it, preacher. Sometimes I wonder, man, Chuck, you're lazy, you're sorry, you're this, that, and the other. But I'd love to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Now if our motives aren't right, you know, I think about it, the Bible says our works going to be tried as by fire. Wood, hay, stubble, precious stones. You know what that means? That means the wood, hay, and stubble, those are probably things that we did that weren't pure motives and they're going to burn up. What about our motives? What about our service for the Lord? Are we doing it out of a pure heart of love for the Lord Jesus Christ? Now honestly, sometimes we do it because we know we ought to. That's obedience, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we got to be careful. We got to get to the point where it's doing it because I want to please God. I, it's not because if I if I do it, then maybe God will give me something. That ain't the way God is. I will tell you this: God will bless you in ways that money can't touch. When you're laying in a hot in a in a bed in Mongolia, knowing you got four four blockages in your heart knowing there's nothing that can be done right then and there, knowing that you're waiting on somebody somewhere to decide to let you get on the plane and go back, and you can't sleep, <clears throat> it changes your perspective. That verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart, changed for me. Oh, I've trusted in the Lord, but it was a new level, a new... a new. God just did something different in my heart. And I want to say that I'm thankful for the pure sacrifice, the pure Lamb of God. My service for Him ought to be that pure. Sure, we're not perfect. 
sure we make mistakes. The good thing is we can get back up. So we got a loving God that says, I was chucking in. <laughs> that boy will never learn. But I love him. He's asked me to forgive him, and I have. All right, Chuck, let's try again. Let's do it again. And I'm so glad that he did that. So, is he your lamb? Is it personal for you? Is your service for the Lord, is it pure? Now look there in the verse. It says, "And your lamb shall be without blemish. And it says a male. Now I struggled with this a little bit. I said, why does it have to be a male? A male. And as I begin to study and think about it, especially in the Old Testament, the male represented the lineage. And as I looked and thought about that, it began to picture. Now, what that lamb, that, that father brought that male lamb in, that, that lamb would not be able to do anything else after that. After it's done, I mean, it's done. You understand that? It ain't coming back. I mean, I don't know if it went to lamb heaven or not, but here on earth, it was done. Jesus Christ, because He became, He was born as a baby here on earth, I am now reborn. Isn't that a blessing? You know, God, that male, that reproductive, because of Jesus Christ, we are reproduced into being His children. Now how does that apply to us? Well, I believe our service for the Lord ought to be reproductive. What did God got you here for? Just to be a blessing to the pastor? I hate to say I hope you are. You ought to be. He's got the name Weber. It can't be all bad. But God's put you here to win others to Christ. He gave His life for you and me. We ought to be giving our life for others. We ought to reproduce in our, in our salvation. We ought to be witnessing, telling others about Jesus Christ. When they're saved, we ought to help disciple them, train them, help them to know what we've been taught, what we've heard about, get them baptized, get them discipled, and get them out there reproducing. That is the goal. That's our goal in Mongolia is to reproduce Christians that they can go out and tell others also. But it had to be, it's a requirement. It had to be a male. You realize that as a Christian, it is a requirement to reproduce. If we're not re- reproducing, we're out of God's will. Now, I want you to understand some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. When I say reproduce, I mean we're giving out the gospel. God will take care of the rest of it. But are we doing our part? Are we planting the seed? Are we watering? Are we looking forward to the harvest? Listen, I've been around a long time in church. I've been to the doors of houses and you up there, oh, nobody home. <laughs> But I went visiting, praise the Lord. Come on, folks. Listen, I'm talking about me. I'm sure none of you have never done anything like that. Are we reproducing? Are we asking God to help us to be reproductive? 
I promise you, you'll get scared. I do. But I can tell you something. People are not as cold out there as we may think. We went, we went to a service here in the area this morning. And so we're dressed like this. And we're walking around different places. I had no less than three different people ask me today, hey, did y'all come from church? Yeah. Why? Do you go to church? <laughs> some said they did, some didn't. We need to be reproductive. It's a requirement. So the Lamb, look again, verse 5. Your Lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. That first year meant that it was one of the younger ones that hadn't got too old. It was within the first year. It was a tender. It was the best. It hadn't gotten too hard-headed. It hadn't gotten uh, into too much. It was the best. That father went out, picked out that lamb, brought it in. He had inspected it. It was everything it needed to be of the first year. It was in the prime of its life. Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ was in the prime of His life when He was sacrificed for me. He was at His very best. It took the very best because God required the very best. And for you and I in our service to the Lord, He should get our very best. Now this is something that can be difficult in many ways. My dad, he... when. Uh, in 2012, we surrendered in 2013. 2012, my dad passed away. He passed away, what, about a month after Clay was born. I thank the Lord we were able to go up and visit with him like a month before he passed away. He was able to hold Clay. And I have a precious picture that I, I just treasure for that. And I don't know why I said that. Do you know? I don't either. So y'all know my dad died in oh, 2012. We surrendered in 2013. Um, I don't know, honestly, how my dad would have felt about us going to Mongolia. He's a pastor, and he wanted us to be in the middle of his will. I want you to understand that. He would not have been against us going to Mongolia because that was God's will. Now, he'd be in question if his grandkids needed to go. Okay? He would have been saying, now are you sure? He'd have been making sure that I was sure that it was God's will. But my dad would have been willing to give his grandkids, and in his mind, that was the best. Are we willing to give God our best? Now what does that mean? That means, God, I want to give you everything I got. No matter what age you are, the best years you have. The best of your time. The best of your talents. The best of your abilities. But what that also means is i got to give God the best that I have. Lord, make my kids rich so I don't have to work no more. Everyone says amen. <laughs> but really our prayer should be, God, I want you to use my children. That's what I got. That's what's the best for me. 
Are we willing to give God our best? Or do we give God our leftovers? Now, when it comes to food, I like leftovers. They're good. But some things ain't good leftovers. I'll just say this, some things ain't good at all. Little round green peas? Yeah, that's the devil's food. Some things are like sin, the little round green peas. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. I hate them. But God gets our best. Some things are just best, freshly cooked, not left over. You know, God won't say, nope. But can you imagine? God wants us to give Him our best and we give Him our second best, third best, our leftover. What did God give us? His best. Lord Jesus Christ, You couldn't get any better. You couldn't get anything finer. You couldn't get anything uh, that was more deserving of all the praise that He will one day give. But are we giving Him our best? I want to remind you, the Macedonian there in 2 Corinthians 8.3, the Bible says, For to their power our very record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. They didn't give just what they had. They gave everything they had. They gave their best of themselves. The prime. It was a lamb of the first year. I want you to look at there now. Look at verse number 6. We'll read 5 and then 6. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out of, from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it unto the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So there in verse 5 it says, shall take it, out from the sheep. So this lamb on the tenth day, he went, picked it out, inspected it, looked at it, and he brought it inside. Why did he bring it inside? Because it didn't need to be out there anymore. Well, God said to. It was brought in because it had a purpose. It had a purpose. That purpose of that lamb was to be sacrificed for my oldest child didn't have to die. Well, that's a great purpose. That's something worth anything else. I don't care if the rest of them run off a, a, a hill and die. I don't, but this one, this one's got a purpose. Well, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, He had a purpose. That was to save us. And we're so thankful for that. But as I said earlier, God's got a purpose for you. God's got a purpose for me. It was set apart. Are we setting apart our lives? Do we set apart our time? Oh, Brother Chuck, you don't know. I ain't got time. I know this. I've been alive 48 years and i got time if I want to make time. Sometimes it's tight. Sometimes i got to get up earlier. I don't like to get up real early. Sometimes I do, but generally not really. But you know what? It's worth it sometimes. Oh, let me change that. It's worth it if God wants me to. Some of the most precious times I've had with the Lord is in the morning before anybody's got up and I've gotten up earlier than anybody else wants to get up and I've spent time with God. 
I've set apart some time. Have we set apart? Have we set them things up for a purpose? Say, God, I want to meet with you in the morning. I want to hear from heaven. Set apart some Bible time. Set apart some prayer time. Hey, you know what? You'll never find time to go out and tell us about Christ unless we set it apart. Say, you know what? I got a lot to do, but I got to go tell somebody about Christ this week. Maybe it's simply, hey, you got a friend at work that's lost and you know it. Take him to lunch. With the purpose of saying, we may talk about a lot of things, but listen, buddy, and buy their lunch. Okay? Buddy, the reason I brought you out to buy this lunch, I enjoyed spending time with you. But I want you to know I'm a Christian. And I'm going to heaven when I die. And I want you to know that you can go to heaven when you die. Use it. Set it apart. Do we set things apart? Have we set apart our lives, our time, the things that it takes so that we can live a life that's pleasing to God? You have a purpose and God wants us to set aside some time, some things for that purpose. I want you to look at one last thing. Look at verse number 6. And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Now, i got three youngins here. There are two more at college. If I took a lamb or a goat, it wouldn't matter. One year old. <laughs> you know how these things are. I brought it in the house for four days. Anybody here want to guess what's going to happen? Clay, what's his name? Huh? Fluffball. They're going to get a name. They're going to play with that thing. Can you imagine, again, in your mind, I'm going to die. God's going to do what to me? But here's the lamb. Dad, that's the lamb. Yes, son, that's your lamb. Daddy, that's fluffball. <laughs> They're going to play with it. I have a feeling that that oldest child kind of kept a little more watch over that lamb than the rest. Clay may start playing a little rough with it and the oldest will say, whoa, whoa, Clay. It's not hurt that lamb. Man. Fluffball's precious. You know, we, we can't be... We gotta take care of this thing. Because in four days it was gonna take the place. Jesus should be precious. Is he precious to you? Or is he, is he, or is he the one who would say, thank God he, he died for him, love thing, Lord, and we move on with our life? Is he precious? Then is your service to the Lord precious? Do we say, God, I want it to mean something. I want it to be something that you're proud of. I love that Macedonian example. They gave it their own selves. They gave all they had. And they were not rich people. They were in a poor place. They were in a difficult situation. They had every right. Most of us would say, we understand. But you know what's interesting in that passage of Scripture, if you'll look back at it, it says that they begged them to take their offering. They were saying, please, we're, we know we don't have a lot of money, but 
what we want to do, we want to give it its precious to us. Please take it. Is our service to the Lord precious? Do we say, God, please, I, Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to do something for you, Lord. Please, would you let me do it? Lord, would you show me what you want? Lord, please, it's important to me. Or do we go through going, oh, I hope you don't ask me to do that. Oh, preacher said to sign up for that. Oh, man. Been there. There's some things I didn't want to do. But when we look at it, and we begin to look at that lamb, and we understand that it was something that was given for us, it became our lamb, it becomes precious. And then that thing that I didn't really want to do, I said, Lord, was that all I can do? I want it to be precious. I think of that widow. A bunch of people giving an offering. Jesus sitting back watching. They were giving some money. She dropped in just, just the widow's mind. God said she gave more than anybody else. Because she gave all she had. What about you? What about I? Or is the is our service precious? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray and then we'll ask the pastor to come and lead the service as he feels the Lord would lead. Tonight, I want to encourage you. I want, to, I want you to look at your life and I want you to evaluate. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what He says to do. Lord, thank You for this opportunity to open up the Word of God. Lord, I thank You Lord, that these things in the Bible weren't just stories, but Lord, they were examples to us. I thank You for that Passover lamb and the requirements and the picture of Your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I do pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know Him as Your personal Savior, Lord, that they'd accept Him tonight. But Lord, those of us that do, may we look at those requirements, try to meet them, to bring glory and honor to you. In your name I ask. Amen, Pastor.